Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. The engines were at full power and the aircraft climbed up to about 100, 110 feet off the ground and then we weren't climbing anymore. Very quickly knew that I was likely going to die. I was looking down at a airplane that had crashed. Right then, it hit me. I'm not my body. There's my body, but here's me. I've always been fascinated with these near-death experiences. And by near-death, I don't mean like they almost got hit by a car. I mean like dead, dead. No heartbeat, in some cases, no brain waves. And I'm talking 30 minutes, 90 minutes. At first, I was very skeptical of these. But I'll tell you, after studying over a 1,000 of these near-death experiences, it's changed my mind. The colors were beyond anything we could ever experience here. I was seeing a lot of colors that I didn't have prior experience in knowing about. 3,000 shades of red, and I can see them all. Blind people, when they have a near-death experience, see, they come back saying the same things. How do you put that together? a sense of peace that came down right beside me. An energy that was pure love. Much more real than I feel at this moment or any other time in my life. Scientists postulate there must be at least five dimensions to make sense of some of the things science is discovering. Is it so crazy to think about what comes after this life? Wow, pretty amazing. You know, the biggest question for every single human on the planet is the same. What happens to us when we die? Is this it? Is it the end or is there something after? Is there a heaven? And if so, what is it like? You know, we live in a culture that's fascinated by the supernatural. I mean, just go to a bookstore. You'll see all kinds of self-help books on how to tap into spiritual power for your life, your business, your marriage. But the interesting thing to me is we're also in denial about death. I mean, let's face it, nobody wants to talk about death. If you've ever been through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University course, when he gets to the section on life insurance, Dave Ramsey says we really ought to call this death insurance. But the reason we don't call it death insurance is because nobody would buy it. Because nobody wants to talk about death, right? I mean, we don't like to think or talk about death. But as best as I can tell, the human mortality rate is still 100%, which means we're all going to die. We're all going to die. So it's about time we talked about it. Now, here's what's so strange. You know, we are hearing about more and more and more of these cases where people who are clinically dead, we're talking no brain activity, heartbeat has ceased, some for 30 minutes, some 90 minutes or more, 
and, and they're being resuscitated by the medical technology that we have today. Well, they're coming back and they're talking about the experience they had. And these are called near-death experiences or NDEs. And I want to show you what one of these looks like. Check this out. Dr. Mary Neal is an orthopedic surgeon who shares her medical practice and her love for outdoor adventure with her husband, Bill. In 1999, they planned an adventure that took Mary on a spiritual journey few have taken and returned to talk about. My husband and I really enjoy kayaking. We enjoy traveling. We speak Spanish. We've traveled internationally a number of times. And so for my husband's birthday, I said, okay, this is the year we're, we're gonna do it. So we went to Chile for a vacation to kayak. After a week of kayaking, Bill sat out the final day with a sore back. Mary and the rest of their group kayaked through a treacherous stretch of the river. These are drops of 10 to 15 feet, 20 feet maybe, which for an experienced kayaker is not a crazy thing. I went over the main drop, and as I crested over the drop, I could see the tremendous turbulence and tremendous volume. And as I hit the bottom of the drop, the front end of my boat became pinned. I and my boat were immediately and completely submerged. I was absolutely pressed to the front deck of the boat. And I couldn't move my arms even back far enough to reach my spray skirt, let alone push myself out. I very sincerely asked that God's will be done, and I meant it. After several minutes of searching, the group leaders realized Mary was trapped under the falls. They came out on the rocks and they kept trying to get to the boat, but the force and the volume of the water was such that they just kept being flushed through. I mean, they just couldn't get to me. At one point, they sort of recognized that it was really turning into body recovery, uh, not so much of a rescue. I know I've been underwater too long to be alive, yet I feel more alive than I've ever felt. And this is more real than anything I've ever experienced. Thousands and thousands of people are having these near-death experiences all around the world. And what they describe is they should be dead, but they feel more alive than you could ever feel. In fact, they say they don't just have five senses. Some describe 50 senses or more that they're experiencing there. Now, Dr. Mary Neal, an orthopedic surgeon, was dead for 30 minutes. She was under the water for 15 minutes. Just try to imagine that, a minute with no breath, three minutes with no breath, five minutes, 10 minutes with no breath. Well, she described being released from her body and hovering over it for a while, watching as they tried to get to her. Well, they eventually got her out of the water and for 15 minutes they worked to try and resuscitate her before she came back into her body. And during that time, she said she traveled outside of this existence and encountered some unbelievable things that are commonly described by people who are going through these near-death experiences. Now, the question you should be asking right about now is, skeptical? <laughs> you better believe it. Like, I'm skeptical of this. I mean, when somebody's telling a story like that, I'm going, what? Seriously? Where, where does this come from? And when you're asking that question, I think there are two things you should be ready to wrestle with. The first question you have to ask is, are these near-death experiences credible? 
Like, is there any evidence to suggest that this is actually something real? The second question you ought to be asking yourself is, is this biblical? Is there any evidence in the Bible that would support what they're saying? Now, back in January, if you were around here, I gave our church family a little taste of this whole subject. And I mentioned that after Easter, many churches in the greater Austin area were all going to be discussing this topic in depth. Well, that's what we're doing collectively right now over the next six weeks. And I'm going to review some of the compelling evidence supporting the validity of near-death experiences right up front here in week one, week two. And then we're going to dive deep into many of the specific case studies after that. And if that's not enough, we're also going to provide you with some resources that you can read and study and explore on your own. Okay, so our first question is this. Are these near-death experiences credible? Is there really any evidence to this? And a couple of things I want to point out, and then I want to take us into some medical discussion. The first thing I want to point out is that this phenomenon is actually happening globally. And a massive number of people are having similar experiences. In fact, the Gallup organization estimates from their polling that about 13 million Americans have had a near-death experience. Okay, that translates to about one in every 25 people. And I know that number may sound unusually high. It did to me. But after I briefly preached on this topic back in January, I had dozens of people literally in our church come up to me and share their own personal near-death experience. When they were clinically dead and then they were resuscitated or somehow entered back into their body. And it's very profound. And many of our people, they said that they hadn't told anybody else ever because they thought people would just think they're crazy. But me preaching on the topic somehow gave them the boldness to share it. The second thing I also want you to know is that many people who are making these reports have nothing to gain by telling such fanciful stories. And when you think about Dr. Mary Neal, a spine surgeon, or bank presidents, airline pilots, tenured college professors, coming out and sharing a story like that, I mean, like everyone's going to think you're off your rocker. And, and there's nothing to be gained. I mean, these people don't need the money. It's not something that will enhance their life. So you got to ask the question, why? And folks, this is a global phenomenon. We're seeing this all over the world. So let's focus in on just a little bit of the scientific evidence for a minute, because it's very profound. Cardiologist Dr. Michael Sabum said this. He said, I didn't believe that there was such a thing as a near-death experience until Pete told me he had left his body during his first cardiac arrest and watched the resuscitation. So he's somehow present in the room watching this whole resuscitation take place. Sabum says, these people like Pete Morton saw details of their resuscitation that they could not otherwise have seen. Pete described the resuscitation with such detail and accuracy that I could have later used the tape to teach physicians how to do a heart procedure. One patient noticed the physician who failed to wear scuffs over his white shoes during open heart surgery. In many cases, I was able to confirm the patient's testimony with medical records and with hospital staff. You know, Dr. Sabum studied near-death experiences for five years with the goal of trying to prove that there was some other kind of scientific explanation that would explain away what these people were experiencing. 
And after five years, he compiled his report, got it published in the journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, one of the most prestigious medical journals in the U.S. Well, another doctor, Dr. Jeff Long, a radiation oncologist, read that article, and you know what he said? <laughs> he said, bunk. There is no way. So he started asking his patients, and lo and behold, they said some of the same things. So then Jeff set out to disprove near-death experiences. He and his daughter studied over 4,500 documented cases of people who have experienced this kind of phenomenon. And not only is he now a believer in near-death experiences, he's also now a believer in Jesus Christ from what he heard from his patients. He's already written two books about the topic. One of them is a New York Times bestseller. And he's one of the foremost experts traveling all around the world speaking in different settings. Now, there are about 20 ideas postulated as to what could be going on besides these people experiencing life outside their body, getting a glimpse into the afterlife. And honestly, all 20 of those have been thoroughly debunked. Over 900 articles in scholarly and scientific journals have been published. 55 research teams have done major research on this topic. It's not a small topic. Go research it on the online internet as much as you want. I mean, there are a massive number of people who are studying this, coming to the same conclusion. And so Dr. Jeff Long, he writes this, and I want you to listen carefully. He says, with a flat EEG, and that means there's no recorded brain activity, there is, he says, no chance that the electrical activity in the lower parts of the brain could account for the highly lucid and orderly experiences being described by near-death experience. He said lucidity coupled with the predictable order of elements established that NDEers are not dreaming or hallucinating, nor are they due to any other cause of impaired brain functioning. In other words, what he's saying is that as the brain shuts down, we would expect a diminishment in people, that they would see less, understand less with a brain that's no longer actually functioning. But what these people describe is so lucid and so specific and so detailed and they remember it. I mean, they're experiencing something that the average person can't even do. I mean, we often forget a person's name like 20 seconds after we meet them and they introduce themselves to us, right? That's the normal brain. Well, these people are experiencing something that is hyped up to a level beyond anything we can actually explain. So let me make three quick observations. First, people are describing things that are happening in their surroundings while they're clinically dead. See, they're coming out of their bodies. They're describing in detail what happened while the procedures were going on. I mean, how is that possible when nothing's going on brain-wise? Second thing you want to note is that people all over the world are describing the same kinds of things. They leave their surroundings and travel into a spiritual realm that is amazingly similar. And these are things like separation from their physical body, heightened senses. They describe passing through a tunnel, finding the presence of a brilliant light at the end of the tunnel that is actually a person that many of them describe as light and love and God. This is common all over the world. They describe brilliant light, meeting others, family members and friends who have died and gone on before them. A life review where everything in your life from beginning to end is reviewed by the person of light. And finally, a return to the body. And those are just a few of the things that are common. 
Now, they're not all in every one of the experiences, but a lot of them are common in people across the globe. Okay, here's the third one. Blind people who have had near-death experiences describe the same visual aspects as those who have their sight. Listen to this. People who were born blind and had never seen a tree or grass are giving the exact same descriptions of what the grass and trees in this realm in heaven look like as the other people who've been seeing all their lives. In one case, Vicki, blind from birth, left her body after a car accident where she was pronounced dead. Then she had her life reviewed, sitting with this person of love and light. He went through everything she ever did in her lifetime. And during the review, two of her childhood playmates were part of her life review. And when she returned, she described their physical characteristics precisely. She had never, ever seen them in real life. And yet she was able to describe them in vivid detail. And so you have to ask yourself the question, is it possible that there's something to this? That this phenomenon could actually be giving us a glimpse into the life to come? And there's so much evidence out there that you have to wrestle with. Now, for some of you, if you've been around for a while, you may remember when these near-death experiences first started coming out and some of them were being reported. Well, in the early days, there were just a few of them. And people, I think, were misconstruing them in all kinds of crazy ways. In fact, if you grew up in a Christian church, you may recall a movement that swept across the country through the psychedelic days of drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Well, part of that movement was a connection with Eastern mysticism that called itself the New Age Movement. Well, the leaders of this New Age Movement, they kind of latched on to these near-death experiences. And you know what they said? They said, see, this proves what we've been saying. This proves reincarnation. It proves we all go into the light. We all just go into the Brahman. And a lot of Christian churches got scared and started preaching against this. Some of you may have grown up in a church that preached against it. Well, you need to know that between that period of time and now, we have so many more scientific studies and people who are taking these experiences and comparing them to the Bible, to Scripture. One of those people is a pastor here in the Austin area by the name of John Burke. And John was an agnostic. He was in college, his father was dying, and as he was sitting by his father's bedside, one of the first books ever written on near-death experiences was on a table next to the bed. And so he picked it up and read it in one sitting while he watched his father pass away. And he thought to himself, yeah, what, what is death all about? And by the time he finished reading that book, he said, wow, maybe there is evidence of life after this life. Well, the next year he got involved in a Bible study. It was the first time in his life he was ever interested in anything spiritual or religious. And there he put his faith in Jesus. After that, he quit his engineering company, became a pastor, moved to Austin, Texas, planted a church, and continued to study the Bible and near-death experiences. And he later wrote a book called Imagine Heaven. It became a New York Times bestseller. And in this book, he walks through over a thousand descriptions of what happened in near-death experiences, and he parallels them with the Bible. And I got to tell you, it's fascinating, really fascinating. I mean, is it possible that what the Bible describes as the afterlife 
people are experiencing a taste of that and coming back to tell us about it. That they're giving us evidence, even today in a culture where most people want to pretend like there is nothing after this life, that God is showing us that there actually is. And we need to pay attention to it and let it challenge our thinking and move us forward. So John Burke, he wrote this book and he travels all over the world speaking about it because people are fascinated by what's in here. And I got to tell you, as I began to read what he had to say, it started to blow my mind. And so this first question, is it credible? Now, I've given you just a little bit of information today, but we're going to go through, we're going to cover this in depth over the next five weeks. And I'm also going to offer you a resource at the end of this message that'll give you even more evidence to wrestle with. Second question is this, is this biblical? Does what we're hearing from these people parallel what's in the Bible? Again, this morning, I'm just scratching the surface, but by the end of this series, I'm confident you're gonna be blown away. And I have to admit to you up front here, I was pretty skeptical about this at first. But the parallels are striking the more you study it. Now, I believe the Bible is fully trustworthy. I believe that the God who lives in heaven, created heaven, sent his son Jesus from heaven to describe heaven to us, that that's more accurate than anyone's personal experience. So whatever the Bible says, I believe this is the only place where we're going to find absolute truth. You need to know that. Second, you need to know that when people are having an experience, they interpret it through their own understanding. So you have to be somewhat skeptical as people try to explain things from their own unique perspectives. I mean, at the scene of an automobile accident, people oftentimes will give differing reports of the same accident. And that's why you're all so frustrated with instant replay in football, right? Because you got, what, five or six refs out in the field and they have to stop the game every few minutes because nobody can figure out what they actually saw. So people who are having these experiences, they're trying to describe them using their own words and perspective. And so, of course, there are going to be differences between them. But here's the third thing I would say, just by way of a disclaimer. According to the descriptions of people who have had these near-death experiences, a majority of them report that they got close Okay, meaning they had some kind of a connection to the afterlife where they moved in and felt and experienced some things. But they also knew there was a barrier that they couldn't cross. And they could sense that the state they were in was not final, that they had some kind of an option to return. So rather than being in the room, many felt like they were looking through a window into something that is way more significant than what they were experiencing. So if somebody were to be resuscitated at any point along the way, in their experience, they might come back and describe it a little differently. However, when you start looking at thousands of these experiences, you see common threads that parallel what the Bible says. In fact, when we ask the question, is this biblical? I would suggest to you that the Apostle Paul describes something that sounds just like a near-death experience. Look at what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Now, it's interesting to me that Paul doesn't even say his own name here, even though we later find out in the chapter that he's actually talking about himself. But this feels so weird to him that he doesn't even identify himself as the person when he says he was caught up into the third heaven. 
Later on, he says he was caught up into paradise. So he's not talking about the atmosphere, heaven number one, or the galaxy of stars, heaven number two. He's talking about being right in the presence of God, the third heavens. And listen to how he says it here. He says, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. Do you see Paul struggling here? Like, I don't know. Am I in the body? Am I out of the body? A lot of NDEers will say things like, well, there's my body, but here's me. Like, I don't know. My consciousness is here, but I can see my body. Sounds very similar to what Paul's describing here. Paul says, I heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. Inexpressible things. Anybody ever read the book of Revelation? John is also in the presence of heaven and he starts trying to write it down in human words and it gets so confusing to understand because how do you describe a being that's outside of our dimensions and put it into human words? John also talked about things that man is not permitted to tell. Daniel the prophet, Ezekiel, John the apostle, they all said there were times when they were told, don't write that, don't put that down. And so it appears that Paul had one of these experiences that we're talking about. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two characteristics of near-death experiences and show you how they line up exactly with what we see in the Bible. But guess what? That's going to be next week. Now, why do I share this message with you? Well, a couple of reasons. First of all, I want you to know that if you have a relationship with Jesus, what you have on the other side is so much better than this and you don't need to be afraid of it. Now, for those of you who, who maybe today you're struggling with depression, you're thinking, well, maybe I just need to end my life and go be with Jesus. I would tell you that's the wrong way to think, that he has got you in this world for a purpose. And the more you believe that and know that on the other side of eternity, it's going to be awesome the more joy that'll bring you in the here and now. And you can focus on living for him for all the days you're here on earth. You know, so many of us, I think, are so wrapped up in what's going to happen this afternoon. What am I going to do this week? How do I scratch and claw to get ahead in life? Because if I don't get it in the here and now, I'm never going to have it. And what you need to know is this God of love and life is so much better than you could ever imagine. And if you could only imagine heaven, it will change how you live your life here. And we're going to start painting pictures of what heaven is like throughout this series, according to these experiences. Now, for those of you who maybe you have friends who it's difficult to talk with them about your relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that this information is important because I think people are interested in this. And I want you to have conversations with people. And in order to help you with that, it actually took John's big book, Imagine Heaven, and reduced it to a little book, a little book here called What's After Life. And so we're going to provide a copy of this little book for you. You can pick them up at our church office if you'll promise me this. In the next week or so, you will read this little book. It takes about 90 minutes to read. Some of you are faster, some slower, about an hour and a half. And some of you, you'll read it in one sitting. Others of you, you'll spread it out. But this is so, so fascinating. And so I want you to read it. And if you read it and you go, you know what? I'm still skeptical. 
Well, guess what? There's always the 300 page book. It's got even more compelling evidence. Okay? So read it. And then I want you to give this to a friend. I think every one of you, you know somebody you probably tried to talk to somewhere along the way. They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about spiritual things. I don't want to talk about that. But this topic is pretty fascinating for all people. So maybe they'll read it and then you can talk. So get one of these copies. If you don't already have one, read it and pass it along. And if you can't find a way to give a hard copy of the book on your outline, we've included a link that you can send to a friend where for a limited time, they can actually download a free audiobook version of this book. Now, next week, we're going to talk more about how these near-death experiences line up with the Bible, including the somber fact that not all of these experiences are positive. Some are a precursor to being separated from God. But more on that next week. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now. And I believe having taken a look at all this evidence and these near-death experiences that you are giving us a little bit of a glimpse a little bit of a testimony. And God, I just pray for our people, for all people who are listening right now and paying attention to this, that they would just approach it with an open mind. And God, I know how skeptical I was going into this and how you worked on my heart. And it's amazing to me how these experiences parallel what you've been saying for thousands and thousands of years. So God, as we dive into this, over the next month and a half, I just pray that you would speak to each and every one of us, that your Holy Spirit would work in our lives and lead us to the truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.